Assistant men's basketball coach at Carroll College, Connor Patton, joins me all the way from Helena, Montana. And as his Twitter bio says, he's here because he's just a kid from Utah. This is the Utah High School Hoops Podcast, your source for sometimes informative, but always entertaining coverage of the Utah High School Hoops scene with your host, Adam Beek. Well, thank you, Self, for that uh, lovely introduction that was pre-recorded and not at all live. Uh, I'm joined, like I said, here in the intro by Connor. Connor and I met when he was down here at the Great Western Classic. Shout out to Tim Davis and crew for putting on a great event. And you were out here looking for some future saints. Is this correct? Always, always looking always, for some. Always on the lookout for future saints. Um, and we met and we were just chatting and uh, then followed each other on Twitter. And uh, he reached out and said, dude, I love your podcast. I was like, you should come on the podcast because this is a really well-oiled machine that we have going on here. <laughs> at the, the, uh, I almost said my people of packaging podcast right there, by the way, because I've been doing that for five years. So I'm 250 episodes deep over there. I'm not even at 10 yet on this one. So I might slip up every now and again. Uh, but I'm joined by Connor. Um, and uh, Connor and I were talking pre-show. You are you are from the great state of the Beehive State of Utah, correct? I sure am. South Jordan, born and raised. Got it. Well, I live currently in West Jordan, just northeast of South Jordan. All right. Because that there makes sense. Yeah, my family's right behind the district there. We got there before everything blew up. So now it's just all Salt Lake is what I call it. Tell it, to it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, and did you play here or how did you how did you kind of fall in love with basketball? Because to be a coach, you have to really love the game of basketball, dude. Yeah. I mean, my wife tells me all the time that basketball consumes my life sometimes. So sometimes I had to take a step back. But I think my love really started when um, from my dad. I mean, most of the time it starts with our parents watching it, kind of the cliche. You're watching it on TV in your diaper and everything like that. But uh yeah, I mean, I just fell in love with the game. I loved watching it. Um, I feel like my passion for the game really didn't start um, until my dad. He actually passed away unexpectedly when I was 15. And that's when I really tried to start playing the game for him. And then as I grew to understand the game, understand its concepts and the life lessons that it teaches, I fell in love with it myself. So played, you know, at American Heritage of South Jordan, now Anthem Preparatory Academy. Played their varsity for all three years. Um, had some interest back east at some small D3s. Um, like, um, I think there was like an Eastern Kentucky, Spalding was in the picture. Um, but it never really took off anywhere. Um, went on a mission instead to Oregon still played ball on the streets and um, on our preparation day. So basketball never really left. Um, but I always always had the sense that basketball would find me again and I would find it again. Um, and luck had it, I was a student manager at Utah Tech under coach John Judkins, great coach, and just has been around the game for decades and just very knowledgeable of the game. Um, so I learned a lot from him, 
got in touch with Ryan Lundgren, who is at CSI. Now he's the head coach here. Invite me to come down to Section 7 during the summer, biggest recruiting event in the West, down the Arizona Cardinals Stadium. Unreal experience. Um, I was a bit shell-shocked, you know, sitting and talking to Coach Dutcher, Coach uh, um, Coach Juwan Howard at Michigan. So I was like, man, way to start, you know, <laughs> getting right into it, you know. Um, I mean, yeah, Coach Mark Pope, Craig Smith, you know, had conversations with these guys. I was like, man, I'm living pretty good here, and I, I think I can get used to this. Um, so there was a possibility for me to come on to CSI, but when Ryan got the job here at Carroll, he recruited me to come on with him, and here That's I great. am. You're Owen Montana. Out in Helena, Montana. Uh, a funny story about Montana, actually. When I was in fifth grade, I believe it was fifth grade. Uh, so, mom, if you're listening, correct me. Uh, but I did a report on the state of Montana. And I, I did it because it was named after my favorite football player, Joe Montana. So I really did. I did some in-depth research on, on the state of Montana. Uh, found out later on in life that it has, in fact, existed prior to the San Francisco 49er great quarterback, Joe Montana. But, you know, these are things that we didn't we didn't have the Internet when I was in fifth grade. You know, I'm in my mid 40s. So you just sort of made up whatever you wanted to about yeah, yeah. about you for your research papers. Uh, Montana is a beautiful state. So, uh, you know, sounds like you are uh, you're married. Um, you know, you, you develop this this love of the game from from your family. Um, did you like a lot of Utah fans? Was it uh, or not fans, but people who grew up in Utah? Was it driven by a combination of like the jazz are here and basketball is, is a big part of the culture. There's an indoor basketball court on every corner. It seems like, and you, somebody knows somebody who has keys. I'm finding out yeah. there's someone who's got keys to a gym. Um, was that kind of part of what, what it did or was, did your dad play um, before? Was he, was he just a big fan? Like walk me through that a little bit. Cause I think that's, that's, it's really cool to hear that side of the story. Yeah, I mean, obviously, growing up a jazz fan, you're hearing about John Stockton, Carl Malone, Antoine Carr. You know, I grew up watching Darren Williams and uh, Matt Harpring and AK 47, you know, and I just grew to love those guys. Um, one player in particular, I mean, wasn't on the jazz, but I feel like one player that really helped me a lot was Dirk Nowitzki a lot. You know, just his unique style of play his unique shot, it kind of helped me see like, hey, I don't have to be like these NBA guys. There's going to be unique players that are yeah. coming up that are going to change the game. And we see that nowadays. I mean, we see Luka Doncic, you know, and his unique hook shots from three-point line, you know. So, I got my banner. I got my championship banner. You, got, the banner, you got Jokic, you know. He's just – he's a gem, you know. He's a gem. So Yeah, I love Love me some Jokic. He put but, it on women Yama last night, 39. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the league, rookie. Um, but yeah, yeah that's I mean, cool. It's just like stuff like that. But also, I think it was a lot of my friends. Honestly, I mean, the friends I was around, they were way better at basketball than I was in elementary school. Um, and so I always kind of grew up trying to be better than them a little bit. And, you know, now I play some of my childhood friends nowadays not to boast or anything but the score is a bit different yeah there but, you go you know it's just some of those things where 
I thank my childhood friends for them encouraging me to come out and play sports. Got it. To come out and get outside my comfort zone. Um, and ultimately, it's driven me to where I'm at now here at Carroll. So those little things um, that a friend invites you to do, new sport, yep. new something, go give it a try. It might change your life, might end up being your career, you know. And then sometimes, you know, it sounds like you got to you got to just follow even the path that set out before you. So, I mean, you talk about going coming back from your mission. You're at Utah Tech. You're a, you're a student student manager. And then you just it sounds like you just sort of got connected to some people and then it's sort of all of a sudden you're at section seven in Arizona. You're talking with Craig Smith. You're talking with Mark Pope. You're talking with Juwan Howard. And you realize, I think what a lot of college coaches specifically realize coaching in general, but specifically college coaches, which is, it is really truly a brotherhood. Um, it's a very tight knit community of people. Um, you know, they're, they're obviously not everybody loves each other. We see this with, you know, just I think Shaka Smart got into it recently with um, with Bill Self. And I'm sure they're not all like best friends or whatever, but there is just there's a healthy respect because you start to find out you kind of need one another, not only because there's very few people who coach basketball at the level that you're at right now, um, but you also need one another because of all the all, all how the dynamic of recruiting has changed now. I'm sure, you you know. You've got to know the Juwan Howards of the world because they're going to be coming into the Carroll Colleges of the world and trying to recruit kids from, you know, from from the NAI level. And there's going to be kids from the D1 level who couldn't quite cut it at the D1 level. And you're trying to get them. And it's got to just be a whole different ball game right now when it comes to not just networking with high school coaches and high school players, but also with those college coaches and college players. Yeah. I mean, that's ultimately how you get a job in college coaching or college athletics it's all about who you know i learned that very early on i mean coach lundgren here you know he's always he's always telling me to build my network continue to build it you think it's big now it gets even bigger um he's a man with many connections and you know you can get the first job but your connections and the people you know that have many connections are what's going to get you to the next job and the next opportunity to build up so, I mean, I learned that very early on, but it, I think it's fun. Honestly, you're talking to new people every day. Um, I mean, you grow really close and build relationships, you know, with high school students. But if you build those connections, build those relationships with, you know, our fellow coaching brotherhood of the world, you know, it just makes for a good life. It's just you learn from them. You learn different strategies, but you also learn, I think, different life lessons. And I think that's what's most important. Totally. Yeah. I mean, the game of basketball, if, if you've never, if you're listening to this, you've never looked up uh, why Dr. James Naismith, Canadian, by the way, uh, Dr. James Naismith. So Canada tries to claim it, but he was living in the U.S. when he invented the game, right? Uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, but the biggest reason he, in, he invented the game of basketball was to bring men. Um, he, he, was, he was a Christian evangelist and he wanted to teach men about the Bible through the gym is ultimately what he wanted to do. And there's this very real beauty to the game that I think has still embodied this idea of community and this idea of togetherness and connectedness. Um, you know, cause unlike a lot of games, it, it's really fluid and it's, it's a lot more like life, right? Like stuff is always happening and changing. It's very dynamic. It's not as structured as most other sports are. Um, so I've always, I've always thought that's really cool that it's not just a game 
that's about the wins and losses and the X's and O's and the events metrics and all this stuff. It's a, it's about the journey. And like you said, who you meet along the way and you know, who you, you, you just never know. You never, ever know. I mean, I, uh, I, I had the opportunity to coach with, with Buzz Williams and Dale Layer when I was at Colorado state, who, by the way, are ranked in the top 20 now for the first time. And I can ever remember after they beat Creighton. Um, but you know, Buzz was was an ultimate just competitor and an ultimate networker. And you know, now here he is, one of the most well-known Division One basketball coaches. Uh, he's out of Texas A&M now. That's a guy who was an assistant coach at Colorado State 21 years ago. And you know, he he he's worked his tail off. He's connected with the right people. But even before that, he came from like UT Arlington and was a student at Oklahoma City University. Mm-hmm. And it's just cool to see how people find their own, find their own pathways in this, in this industry. So um, I want to pivot a little bit off of that because we could hang out on that thread for, for a while. Um, But we do have a lot of student athletes, high school student athletes specifically uh, who, because this is the Utah high school hoops podcast, parents of coaches in Utah and players. And so I would be curious, as you're out at the Section 7s, the Great Western Classics, I'm sure you'll be out on the AAU circuit. You know, when you're talking to high school kids and parents, what are some things that you have learned now that you have a little bit of experience under your belt that you're like, man, I wish when I was in high school, I knew this about recruiting at the NAI level, for example? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing I can say right now is skill gets you college interest character gets you recruited Mm. and i think that's definitely one of those things that i've seen you know as i've looked at guys that send me film look at guys you know at the great western classic sure they play well i'll go and talk to them and maybe you know they're not the most sociable or maybe i see them kind of messing around with a teammate um i feel like when you get into college hoops no, it requires a lot of maturity um, because you're going to be put through mature situations. Mm. Um, and we're going to be looking at guys that are going to be able to handle the adversity that comes with college hoops with that respect, with their head up, um, and ultimately are going to compete at the end of the day. Um, I mean, what I'd say to, you know, especially kids at the Utah level is just, you know, you're getting noticed, you know, Utah has been on the incline for recruits. I mean, we're seeing, you know, Brody Kozlowski, John Southwick, you know, we're seeing all these guys that are getting noticed because they keep their head up, they're mature, they stand out from everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And you really, it all comes down to being your own self, improving on yourself, um, doing well in the classroom, of course, but putting in your own time and realizing that you do have mistakes we are all human. We have weaknesses. Um, But I think the biggest thing from I look for in a kid is, okay, you know, they got good character, but they're wanting to improve on the character. Yeah. Maybe they lose a game or maybe they miss a shot. What's their body language like? What is uh, their reaction to their shot being blocked? It's those little things that really ultimately get them recruited. Um, And I think especially here, in Utah, there's a lot of gritty players. I mean, spent since coming here, you know, I've definitely advocated for Utah Hoopers because I know they can compete. Now, if everyone just knew that, you know, there's a lot of sense of maturity once you go in, the expectations that are put on them, 
I think we'll even see Utah hoops climb up in the mecca of basketball. You know, that's yeah. a hot take, you know, because there's a lot of gritty guys and there's a lot of great coaches out there. It's a definitely super, super underrated state when it comes to hoops, but it's rising. Everyone knows, I mean, American Fork, Corner Canyon, you know, all those teams, they're getting national attention and there's a reason for that for that because yeah. you know they can fight through adversity and they beat tough teams because they know how to handle that adversity yeah i was just at, down at uh, the, the hoop fest and watched alta beat up on sunrise christian pretty good yeah. and you know, sunrise christian's a national team um you know got to got to see american fork go out and and battle montverde who is you know i mean the, the end score wasn't wasn't as close as i think parts of the game were where you're kind of waiting for Montverde to take it over. And like you said, that that just that grit and determination ca- came through, I think, for a team like American Fork. So, yeah, I, I think you're spot on. Um, so it, this was a, a conversation I was having with a parent the other day. Um, and, and I don't know that there's a perfect answer for this, right? But I have a theory on it. My theory is you are out there, you have to watch a ton of basketball all of the time, right? Live basketball, fi- basketball on film. I'm trying to put myself in your position. I was telling this parent, I was like, if your kid plays for a crappy team, I don't know how much that film is really going to get dissected because who wants to watch bad basketball? Right. I, I know I struggle with it. Right. And they were like, well, is that really fair? Like, I think, you know, I think my kid's really good. I think they can, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not a recruiter. I'm not, I don't go, I'm a, I'm a dad who hosts a podcast and talks about, packaging and stuff like but i'm just saying like i don't like watching bad basketball and i got to imagine for somebody who is constantly coaching watching college basketball watching film at the level you're at well if all of a sudden you you turn on a game and it's this team and you're trying to look at this kid like how can you even tell how good or bad they are if if the team is just playing really like a bad brand of basketball yeah that's a really good question no I think that a good recruit, I mean, they're going to stand out from their team, but they're going to make those guys better. They're going to make them look good. I mean, I look at 1A basketball in Utah. I think it's super underrated because you're going to have small ball. You're going to have a six-foot center, you know, but uh, there's going to be one igniter who's going to make everybody look good. Sure, Mm. you know, there's going to be, you know, some teams that need improvement, always you know there's going to be those years those rough patches um but every once in a while you may get a kid that just is the igniter and you know that kid's going to ignite the other players to play well and they're going to play well together i mean an example that i have is Penguich high school here i was just gonna say are you talking you sound like you're talking about Penguich and manila (laughs) Penguich and manila you know you got manila high school all these 1a teams they're not the most talented, but they're so disciplined and they have those igniters that make everybody better. And you go into a Penguin game, I mean, they're beating Hurricane. They're beating 4A schools because they know how to play with each other and they understand they may not be the most skilled, the most athletic, but they have the grit, they have the determination, and they're very well coached. So yeah. I think it really just comes down to, you know, how much are you willing to win? And are you willing to work together to get that win? Are you willing to fight through that adversity? Because, I mean, Penguich has always impressed me. I mean, my brother-in-law went to Valley High School in Orderville. Yeah. So 
I've seen them play Penguich multiple times, but because of the culture they have there to where you see everyone on the team, everyone can make an impact when they come in. Everyone does something well. I mean, they got trophies to prove it. You know, yeah. They got the championships to prove it. So I think it's just one of those things to where if you have, you know, potential, there's a good kid on your team, help the players see how he can make the other players better. No, yep. sure, they're already up there, but how can you lift others up? How can you be a good leader so that everyone can be playing at a good pace? Because when there's just one fast heartbeat and everyone's kind of down here at a low, steady level, no, you're probably not going to get all the wins. You know, he's going to average 20 points a game, and then you're going to lose the game. But if everyone's involved in it on the same wavelength, same pace, good things happen, trophies are – are put in trophy cases. So yeah. that's what I think. I don't know if you know this, but last year I coached a 1A high school basketball team in Utah. <laughs> oh, was it Intermountain? It was, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I was a, the volunteer last minute dad coach for the varsity team. There you uh, go. We had, we had a couple games with, because uh, of, we only had eight kids try out. Uh, we had a few injuries and uh, had a, went into a few games with six players. Oh, my goodness. It yeah, was, sounds uh, like one day ball to me. Man, I'll <laughs> tell you what, traveling out to, to all, those, all those remote schools, getting in a bus for two hours, going out and playing basketball with six dudes was just like, woof. That was, uh, that, was a challenging, that was a challenging time in my life. So I was like, oh, we're talking about 1A basketball. I did not have that on my – my uh, bingo card for this, yeah. uh, for this podcast interview. But one A ball. Right. I'm just going to say it now for the record. One A ball is underrated. Everyone right. needs to watch one A ball. It is the most grittiest basketball you'll probably ever watch. <laughs> it, yeah, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> um, well, that's that's cool. I uh, didn't didn't uh, didn't know your brother played out at Valley, and uh, that's that's pretty fun. So uh, okay, so I put this question out onto on. Twitter or X or Twix or whatever we're going to call it. Um, I, I was helping out with uh, with an AAU team that were uh, 15U. They're going to be 16U. They're all sophomores, and I don't I don't like coach them, but I just I, they referred to me as team dad. So I just mm-hmm. kind of helped. I was a I was a chaplain at the Air Force Academy for their prep school. I was a pastor in Colorado Springs for a while. So I try to really help them with you know, character and, and, you know, things to the things that you were talking about, right. I loved how you said skill. You, you can't just have good characters, plenty of really great people who should never play basketball. Um, so you have to have the skill. Um, but assuming that the skill is there, I, I, I feel like a lot of kids get hung up on ball is life, Instagram, you know, the, the highlight real stuff. And, and I've been telling them, I'm like, guys, I, I really got to believe that. Yeah, there's cool. It's cool to get highlights. Like that'll get you, that'll get you looks on Instagram. That'll get your friends liking stuff. But like, if you don't know how to like set a screen or execute a dribble handoff or play help defense or talk on defense or take a charge or, you know, throw a good bounce pass. And they're like, come on. I'm like, I'm just telling you, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like you all think that's really basic stuff, but you don't, you don't always really know it. So along the lines of that first question, um, you know, not only what are some things that you wish you kind of knew when you were in high school, but to kids who are 2027, 2026 kids that 
you know, you may not be at Carroll looking to, you know, to go out and, and recruit quite yet. Um, what would you say to them in their developmental years, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, that, that are some, are some skills that maybe they are not thinking about that you wish they start thinking about now? Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I can say is play as much basketball as you can and get a feel of every aspect and every angle of the floor. I mean, mm. from what I would do, even I would suggest is even try playing every position because around that age, I feel like bodies really haven't developed to where there's going to be the taller kids and the shorter yep. kids. Sometimes there's just a good median there. So it's like, if you have an opportunity, if a coach puts you in at a five, when you're usually a three embrace it because you're going to be able to know, Hey, that's what a five does. I'm supposed to set this back screen, this pin down, and I'm supposed to be ready for a duck in right here. This is what a five is going to do. This is how a five is supposed to think. Likewise, I mean, even a five, if it's given opportunity to play a wing, it's like, okay, I'm going to be have to be more agile. I'm going to be looking for a pass. I'm going to be looking for a knockdown shot. This is how a three thinks. Mm -hmm. So I think understanding every position and how every position is supposed to think, I think can really help in that development going into high school. Because I feel like some kids nowadays, they'll go onto a high school team and they'll play a position and they won't know what that position actually does. They'll just say, oh, it's just based on my height. No, it's really just based on, you know, your skill, based on yeah. what you know in that position. I feel like coaches should know that too. Like, hey, maybe this guy's undersized, but he's a really good big. He knows how to seal. Like, he knows how to play in the paint. He may not be the tallest, but he plays really well. He knows his position. Um, so that's what, something I would suggest and something I would do too is, you know, take time in the gym by yourself and just work on, something every day you know there's not a perfect hooper i mean lebron james he still goes into the gym he still gets shots up because he knows there's something that needs to be worked on i mean cooper flag he's always in the gym because there's something he needs to work on even though he's getting all this attention now if you want to know basketball you got to know how every position thinks and you also got to know your limits and push those limits um, so you can be the best baller you can be. But I think it also comes down to, besides the skill part, be good academically, educationally. Yeah. Know the game from an educational point, but also do well in your classes because, you know, when you have a good educational mind, you're able to retain what is going to be taught to you on the basketball court. You know, I can't tell you the guys that do well here in classes when we introduce a new action or something like that, they pick it up a lot faster than the guys that are struggling um, in the classroom. That's so, a great point. So it's just one of those things to where, you know, you got to develop, well, you got to be able to have a mind for the game, know how people think and how to feel in certain situations. Put yourself in that mindset like, hey, when I'm a five or a five is supposed to do this in this certain situation so that when any situation comes up, you're ready. You know, yeah, you're gonna fall under pressure. You're gonna fight through the adversity, and you're gonna have the grit and the confidence, most importantly, to know, hey, I can get this win because I know what I'm supposed to do. Well, great example for the game. So, great example of that is actually uh, my my guy Nikola Jokic. He grew mm -hmm. up in Serbia playing point guard, 
and mm. and had to learn how to manipulate the game and how to control the game as a point guard. And then as he grew, he was able to take his point guard skills. And obviously it helps that he's huge, but he's not a you know overly athletic guy. He is just, I think he's an example. LeBron's an example. Magic Johnson's an example of these guys who just think the game at an insanely high level. Um, and that connection back to academics, I think, is is so critical. And, and maybe not a lot of kids make it. They think, I have to have good grades so I can get accepted into college. And it's just like, no, you have to have good grades because it shows that you can think and you can process information because you may draw up a new play in the huddle with 40 seconds left and your team is down three and you can't have J.R. Smith out there not, not knowing what he's going to do, right? Like, uh, And so the kids who are going to be out there likely are going to be the kids who get it and who are going to, are going to run it. You know, they're smart. They can think the game. I think that's awesome. Uh, another component of that I would, I would imagine is if you're, if you're trying to get a kid there, you, the last thing you probably want to be worried about is, are they going to be able to qualify and, un, and get through the rigors of the academic schedule of college compared to their high school, right? Like you can't yeah. be, you can't be sitting around trying to babysit, a 19 20 21 year old to get their homework done like you got to be well beyond that by the time you get to college yeah i mean especially here at carroll our academics are really high and really prestigious you know being a catholic college i mean something i was talking about with my head coach today our pre-med program our biggest competitor here in the west is uw and that's mm. a, a big 10 school so that just shows you how good of an education you're going to get here at Carroll and other places. There's a lot of places like that where the academics are going to be really rigorous. But if you're able to, I mean, do well in your classroom in high school, be able to retain it, be able to come in with an educational mindset to the game in college, because you're still going to learn a lot and then be able to translate that into the college floor. You're just set up for success there. It's yeah. going to look really good. Um, whatever job you do, if you want to pursue ball, if that's what it's going to be. But in any situation, it's just setting you up for life, setting you up for success, and that you're able to think outside the box and not keep things in the box, but you're able to manipulate, like you said, those factors to your benefit so that you can be the ultimate successful person you want to be. No doubt. Uh, I'm looking at, um, and we're coming up here on the end of our uh, of our time together. It's been awesome. Uh, as I'm as I'm looking at the screen, if you're listening to this on the podcast form, you won't be able to see, but you've got Saints basketball behind you. And I just this is this has bothered me ever since I moved to Utah. Um, why why can't we just change the Jazz to the Utah Saints? Doesn't it make the most sense? I mean, as a Utah fan, we all know I've got a Pistol Pete Maravich jersey from the New Orleans Jazz. Salt Lake City is not exactly known for its jazz music, right? Um, and same thing with the Lakers. I, we don't. There's no lakes. I've lived in Southern California. I, I just feel like there's got to be some sort of like exchange of mascots or some just like level set the mascot stuff on all this. Uh, yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on this hot take of uh, of Ryan Smith renaming? Uh, this is not. I don't think anyone's ever going to advocate for this, but I will. The Utah Saints. I'm starting it right now. I think it makes too much sense. I mean, we got the same colors. We got the purple. You yeah. Know? Got the purple and gold kind of thing going on. So, I mean, I don't think it's such a bad idea. I mean, most of the 
state of Utah considers themselves saints, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, just one of those things. I mean, but I can see to where maybe it's not so much the jazz music, but it's the rhythm of the game that makes. Oh, the is that what they're, is that what they're doing? Maybe that's what it is. I don't know, <laughs> but Hey, I'm all for it. All right. But I understand, you know, the good old jazz is what it is, I guess. I got it. Well, Connor, this has been super fun. Um, you know, when do you have any plans to get back here to to watch any games? I mean, or is in the middle of the season, are you obviously you got to be focused on your your next opponent and your games, or are you still trying to get out and and you know do any recruiting? Or how does that how does that work for you? Yeah, I mean, as of right now, it's a lot of just online recruiting here. I mean, our season um, is going to be really busy and really tough here on out. So got to be really engaged in that but kind of mostly what i'm doing is you know watching a lot of social media looking a lot into kids through that and from film that sense so i'm still actively engaged in that um i'll be down during kind of the christmas break time around the 20th to the 26th in salt lake to visit family um but yeah as of right now just we had an elite camp here um not too long ago we had like almost 100 guys here come and work out. Um, we got a bunch of guys I got to look at still. Um, but that's kind of where it's starting is just social media, kind of looking at past guys, guys that have come to camps and kind of work from there. But yeah, pro- definitely during the summer, I'll definitely be out at some different venues for sure. Perfect. Last question. Um, how do you recommend students do you recommend for players to reach out directly to you or do you prefer to work with their high school and AAU coaches or what's kind of, cause I know there's different rules for different levels and I don't want to pretend to know what they all are. I think for NAIA it's, it's, it's a lot looser than looser in the sense that division one has very, very specific things to do. Right. And I don't think that all those specifics exist at the NAIA level. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah for sure. I okay. mean, I think it really, I mean, coach, student athlete, whatever. I mean, I think for me as a coach, I'm always open. Um, If a kid messages me, gives me their film, I'm going to take time to watch it. That's just the guy kind of guy I am Um, because, you know, I feel like everyone deserves a chance. Um, Mm. One deserves to be looked at. Now they may not at the end of the day, get a scholarship or get a spot on the team, but at least, they know and I can reach out to them and let them know, hey, I watched your film um, and they get that acknowledgement because I mean, everyone deserves to be acknowledged. That's just the type of person I am. Other coaches will think differently, Um, but I think, you know, reaching out either coach, student athlete, as long as you reach out and you have that real intent, you know, I'm going to take time to watch it. So something I'd say is just don't be discouraged. If you're not getting, you know, attention, there's going to be someone that's going to watch it. There's going to be someone that's going to watch your film. There's someone that's going to read your email. There's somebody out there who's going to believe in you. There's somebody who's going to give you that feedback. It's just, are you willing to put in the work? Are you willing to get that film? Are you willing to go behind the scenes for yourself to set you up for success? It ultimately starts with you. So Yeah, I love that. Well, that's a great place to end. Uh, Coach Connor Patton joins us here thank you so much uh i'll make sure to put your twitter 
Uh, is Twitter maybe the best way? I know that's how we got uh, connected up. But put your Twitter Twitter handle down in the show notes. Um, put a link maybe to the Carroll College uh, schedule. Maybe some people can get out and watch some games. Do you guys come here at all? Do you play like – there's actually no, – are there no NAIA schools here, are they? No, we were at Utah Valley, though. We were okay. at Utah Valley early this season. We, that was a close nail-biter. Our closest game probably to Utah is we played UNLV at UNLV on New Year's Eve. So wow, it's going to be a fun one. You're playing in Vegas on New Year's Eve? Yeah, that's going to be a fun time. All right. Well, uh, Carroll College uh, basketball players, be safe on New Year's Eve. Uh, make wise choices <laughs> when you're in. Good thing we're flying out that night. We're not staying the night out. Oh, we're okay. getting out of there. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, as a CSU Ram and a member of the Mountain West Conference, I say go Saints. Uh, beat beat the Rebels, um, and I'll be I'll be pulling for you then. Once again, Coach, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you, and uh, look forward to having you on at some time in the future. Yeah, thank you for having me.